0: Well, I have to say it's great to be back here at Plum Creek. My family was on vacation over the last two Sundays, and I really appreciate David Schneller and Jimmy Ranshaw stepping in to preach while I was gone. Uh, I was able to listen to both of their sermons over the past week, and those guys did a great job. And last Sunday, Jimmy kicked off this new series called The Fruit of the Spirit. And with that title, the word spirit refers to the Holy Spirit. And I know for some Christians, the Holy Spirit is very real, very meaningful. For others, though, this idea of the Holy Spirit is kind of nebulous, a little confusing. And because of that, uh, Jimmy gave kind of an overview of the Holy Spirit last week. Uh, He was all over the Bible. He shared lots of passages that help us understand who the Holy Spirit is. And I don't want to go back and review all of Jimmy's sermon, but I I do want to share just a few things, kind of set the stage. These are things the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. First, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. He is God, the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And if you want to understand who he is and what he does, this is one way to think about it. The Holy Spirit is God's extended presence here on earth. And this is not really too complicated. Uh, Wherever God does something in the world today, wherever He does something in your life, He does that by the Holy Spirit. And then uh, the Holy Spirit lives or dwells within every true follower of Jesus. Back in the Old Testament, God made His home in the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, His his presence was in the Holy of Holies there. But today, here in the church age, God makes his home within every follower of Jesus, everyone who's part of the body of Christ. And what difference does that make? Well, this is huge. We, We have God living in us, and he is our comforter, our counselor, our advocate, and our guide. He also gives us knowledge. Uh, You may or may not realize this, but the Holy Spirit is the ultimate author of the Bible. It was written by men, but through the inspiration of the Spirit. And the Bible is our ultimate source of knowledge and truth. The Holy Spirit also gives us power. He enables us to live the kind of lives that God wants us to live. He will transform you into the image of Christ to become more like Jesus. And that last role is really the one we're going to focus on for the rest of this series. We're going to see what it looks like to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there's a great passage of Scripture that describes this transformation. It's Galatians chapter 5. And I want to go ahead and read two verses from this chapter. Uh, The Apostle Paul is writing here. He's writing to a group of Christians, and he says, So I say, Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. So you see what's happening here. Even after you give your life to Jesus, after your sins are forgiven, and you become a new creation in Christ, there is still a struggle going on. There there is a battle, because there's a part of you that wants to follow your own desires instead of following God's desires. And that's exactly why we need the presence of the Holy Spirit working inside of us, The Holy Spirit wants to transform you so that you become more like Jesus. He has the power to do that, and he wants to do that, but you have to let him. You've got to allow him to work. Every single day, you have to make the conscious decision to surrender to the Spirit. We just read this in Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let that happen. In other words, you have a choice. You can allow the Spirit to do His work, but you can also resist Him. That's why Paul says over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, do not stifle the Spirit. Don't, Don't put your own desires above His desires. Pursue God above all else. Let Jesus be your King. Allow the Holy Spirit to work on your heart. Even when that work is painful or humbling or scary. Because if you allow Him to work, you're going to be transformed. You will become more like Jesus. And other people will see that change taking place. They'll see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. And what does that fruit look like? Well, that's what we see in Galatians 5. And I'd like to to read this here, Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. And I want to ask you to read along with me, and this time I don't mean read along silently. Let's read this out loud together. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Great. So there you go, the fruit of the Spirit. And if you've been around church for a while, you're familiar with this list. As a kid growing up in church, you might memorize this list. In fact, over in Kidstown, just this summer, our Plum Creek kids have been singing a song that's about the fruit of the Spirit. And hopefully, we'll get to hear some of them sing in here before the end of this series. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to drill down on each of these character traits. And, and we'll start doing that today. But before we get there, I want to point out something important. Look at the, root, the word fruit in verse 22. That, that word is singular. It's not plural. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. So don't picture this as a bowl of different kinds of fruits, apples, oranges, bananas, whatever. Uh, The picture is more like a bunch of grapes. Each individual grape comes from the same vine. And why is that important? Well, it's important because we should expect to see all of these qualities growing in every follower of Christ. So we shouldn't say, well, My joy is really growing right now, but my self-control is not growing at all. That's not how it's supposed to work. As we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us, all of these character traits will grow from the same vine. That's all part of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, at the same time, it is helpful to look at each of these qualities individually Uh, And today, we're going to focus on the first two, or we're we're going to focus on just two, and we'll start with love. And it's no accident that Paul begins this list with love. And if you look at the teaching of Jesus, or you look at the, the Bible as a whole, it's very clear that love is at the very center of who God wants us to be. Over in 1 Corinthians, Paul said, let all that you do be done in love. The Apostle John said, anyone who does not love doesn't know God, for God is love. And then Jesus himself said, the two greatest commandments, the two most important things that we need to do in life are, number one, love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and number two, love your neighbor as yourself. You may have heard that 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter of the Bible and that chapter begins with several strong statements and again this is Paul writing here and he says if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. And if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So, this is a very big deal. If we don't get love right, we don't get anything right. And... Listen, love can't be just a concept that we know in our heads or a feeling that we have in our hearts. If, if as a church all we do is talk about love, we're not getting it right. If all we do is read about love in the Bible, we're not getting it right. Love has to show up in our actions. Has to show up in the way that we live. And that's why we need to look at one more fruit from this list, in addition to love, We've got to grow in kindness. If we read one more verse in 1 Corinthians 13, here's what we find. Love is patient and love is kind. Now, we'll talk about patience in a couple weeks, but as we see here in this verse, love and kindness go hand in hand. And that, why would that be? What is kindness? Well, I could give you several different definitions, but here's the one we'll use today. Kindness is is love in action. When you really love someone, it's not just an inward thing. You express that love through kind actions. So if the Holy Spirit is transforming your life from the inside out, what are we going to see? We're going to see that you're starting to love others in the way that Jesus loved. Your acts of compassion and kindness will remind us of the kindness and compassion of Jesus. So Jesus is the example. He's our model. And the Spirit will teach you to walk in his footsteps. Uh, A couple verses later in Galatians 5, Paul says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And we understand this idea of keeping in step, right? Uh, Think about an army that's marching together. Uh, think about the way that they synchronize their steps left 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 right left it's very cool to watch that and I was never in the army but I was in marching band and I I remember that the director was very insistent on this we needed to march in step and I can remember looking at the person in front of me watching their steps and sometimes I would be a little off and so I would do this little stutter step to get back in line And the reality is, if we try to follow the example of Jesus by the leading of the Holy Spirit, we're going to have to do that little stutter step step, just about every day because we don't get it right all the time. That's why it's important to stay in close relationship with the Spirit, listening to Him speak to us through His Word, praying and asking Him for help, You ask him for the ability to love God better, love others better. Not just when it's easy, but when it's difficult, too. So let's get real for a second. I know from experience that it's very easy to listen to a sermon and nod your head and agree and then walk away and do absolutely nothing with it. You know, it's even easy to preach a sermon and walk away and do nothing with it. Like I said, though, we can't just talk about this. We've got to get it right. We need to grow in love and kindness because when people look at the church, they need to see Jesus. So in our last few minutes together, I want to be very practical. If you are a follower of Christ, I want you to know the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to love like Jesus this week. In some very specific ways, and I know this, this can be overwhelming, this, this idea of trying to love like Jesus. I mean, what kind of example did he set? Remember uh, uh, this quote from Jesus. He said, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That's what kind of love he had. That's exactly what he did he laid down his life he, he sacrificed his life on the cross he paid the penalty for our sins he made it possible for us to have a restored relationship with God and live with him forever that's the example and that's a tough act to follow and the truth is there are ways in which we will never be like Jesus his love is always going to be greater than our love but don't let that be an excuse because the Spirit can still grow this love in you, and, and God can do amazing things through you. So, uh, let's get specific about this. I want to give you three ways that you can expect the Holy Spirit to lead you this week. And You've got to decide, will you stifle or resist the Spirit, or will you follow? So, here's, here's the first one. First, the Holy Spirit will lead you to love the person that God puts in your path. And a lot of times, this is someone you already know. Maybe it's someone you work with, someone you go to school with. Maybe it's someone in your circle that is currently far from God, someone who needs to find a life changing relationship with Jesus. So, are you looking for that person? Are you looking for opportunities to share God's love with that person? Are you praying for those opportunities? because when you pray, the Holy Spirit will lead you to an open door. In fact, this is where I have a suggestion. Uh, this, is, this coming Saturday here at Plum Creek, we're hosting an event called Man Up, and uh, a lot of you know what this is. We, we tried to do it back in May, and because of the weather, we had to postpone it, um, but a bunch of guys are getting together to hang out and do a bunch of stuff that many guys like to do. Uh, there's going to be axe throwing, uh, a handgun range, a mechanical bowl, we're going to eat a bunch of meat, lots of good stuff. We'll also hear a few men talk about what's important in life. So, if you know a man who needs to take a step closer to Jesus, this is an opportunity. Invite him to this event. Uh, give him an invite card, send him to plumcreek.org slash man up. Make sure that he gets signed up and, and don't drag your feet on this. We need everyone to sign up today. If you need an invitation, you can pick one up at the table on your way out. But this is just one suggestion. This, this will happen all the time. The Holy Spirit will lead you to an open door to show God's love to a person that he puts in your path. Here's a second way that the Holy Spirit will lead you this week. He'll lead you to love the person that God puts on your heart. You know what I'm talking about here? Maybe you learn about someone who is in need, uh, someone who's suffering, and your heart just goes out to that person, and you feel like you need to do something. Well, when that happens, when you feel that pull on your heart, there's a good chance that the Holy Spirit is leading you to take action. I have another suggestion for you. I'm sure we've all heard about the flooding in eastern Kentucky. Man, that's that's been such a tragedy. Uh, So many people have lost their homes. Uh, Many people have died. And it could be that you've already done something to help. Uh, Maybe you've been praying. Maybe you've donated funds, and and that's great. I do have another uh, option for you to consider, though. This coming Friday, August 12th, a group from Plum Creek is heading down to Breathitt County to serve in flood relief with uh, a group called Samaritan's Purse and this will be just a day trip. This group will meet here at 5 a.m., and they'll go work, and then they'll be back about 7 p.m. And if God has put these flood victims on your heart, this is a chance to go down and show God's love in a practical way. If you want to learn, learn more, you can check out the insert in your bulletin, or you can go out to the information center after service. Uh, go see Ed Prather there. He's, he's the point person for this trip. But again, That's just one suggestion. And the truth is, as you surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit, God will surprise you. He will lead lead you to love people you never expected to love. Think about these interns who just got back from Nepal just a few years ago. They weren't thinking about the people of Nepal at all. But now their hearts are involved. And that's a good example for us to follow keep your heart open. That, that leads me to another suggestion in this area. Many of you know about a ministry called WISH. WISH stands for Welcoming International Students Home. Over the next few weeks, students from all over the world are coming here to, to study at Northern Kentucky University. And many of them come from places where Christianity is a tiny minority. So we have an amazing opportunity to show God's love to these students. Uh, Check out the insert in your bulletin again, and you'll see lots of different ways you can help here in the near future. uh, You can welcome students at the airport. You could buy pillows and sheets so they won't have to sleep on a bare mattress. You could also come this Wednesday night. At the Life Center, we're going to be uh, packing uh, welcome kits for these students. And if you'd like to help in some way, uh, you can go to the Information Center after service, and you can also go to plumcreek.org wish. I've got one last way that you can expect the Holy Spirit to lead you this week. The Spirit will lead you to love the person you are responsible to love. And who would that be? Well, we could talk about several groups of people, but one example would be your family. If you are a parent, you have a responsibility to show love and kindness to your child. If you are a child, you have a responsibility to show love and kindness to your parents, even to your siblings. I know a few kids who struggle with that one. If you are a husband or a wife, You have a God-given responsibility to show Christ-like love to your spouse. And, yeah, we, we could talk about what this looks like, but I'd rather show you. Not long ago, I heard a speech that was given by a man named Robertson McQuilkin. And at one time, Robertson was the president of Columbia Bible College and Seminary, which is now known as Columbia International University. And Robertson resigned from his position as president because his wife, Muriel, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And he was felt led to resign and take care of her. I want to take a moment to listen to this speech because it's such a great example of the love we're talking
1: about. Let's listen. I haven't in my life experienced easy decision-making on major decisions, but uh, one of the simplest and clearest decisions I've had to make is this one, because circumstances dictated it. Uh, Muriel, now, uh, in the last couple of months, seems to be almost happy when with me, and almost never happy when not with me. In fact, she seems to feel trapped Becomes very fearful, sometimes almost terror. And when she can't get to me, there can be anger. She's in distress. But when I'm with her, she's happy and contented. And so I must be with her at all times. And you see, it's not only that I promised in sickness and in health, till death do us part i'm a man of my word but as i have said i don't know with this group but i've said publicly it's the only fair thing she sacrificed for me for 40 years to make my life possible so if i cared for her for 40 years i'd still be in debt however there's much more it's not that i have to it's that i get to I love her very dearly, and you can tell it's not easy to talk about. She's a delight. It's a great honor to care for such a wonderful person.
0: I was so moved by that. Robertson left his old life to take care of his wife. And what did Jesus say? Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. This is where the Holy Spirit will lead you. He will lead you to a Christ-like love and kindness. And if you follow his leading, you know what you end up with? You end up with joy. But I'm getting ahead of myself there. We'll, We'll talk about joy next week. For now, let's pray that the Holy Spirit will help us walk in the footsteps of Jesus and show his kind of love and his kind of kindness. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you for Jesus. And I thank you for your spirit. Lord, we have trouble surrendering, but I pray that you'd help us to do that so that we can be full of a Christ-like love and kindness and help others see what it means to be changed by you You would help us bring you glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.